This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Peace be with you. The first words of Jesus to the gathered disciples are ones of peace, ones of welcome. It's a very warm hello. How the disciples must have felt. Having listened to the words of Mary Magdalene and all that she had seen and experienced at the empty tomb, they surely must have still been in disbelief. The story does not tell us what this group actually thought, but it does tell us that they were locked away in fear. They were holed up in a house behind closed doors. And it seems that they were more afraid of the living, afraid that someone would try and find them for having followed this man, Jesus, that had just been buried. So the first part of our gospel today is about Jesus meeting the disciples in this dark and fearful place. And it tells us something important. God is intrusive. God will find a way through every locked door, every place of fear, every place of disbelief. We often tell ourselves not to fear or to be courageous or to be confident in God's plan. But I think we have to remember that it's not what we do or what we tell ourselves. Instead, it's letting God meet each one of us, allowing ourselves to encounter God in these places of fear, allowing our faith to override that doubt. That is what makes the difference. In this encounter with Jesus, it causes the disciples to rejoice. Whatever fear or doubt they had was washed away when they saw his hands and his side. What happens because of that is that Christ greets them again, now fully in belief, with words of peace and a call. Jesus doesn't start off with a story. There's no parable here. He doesn't, he doesn't say, hey guys, it's been a few days. Um... He just, he just says, peace, peace be with you. It's an immediate call to go out though. This being sent, Jesus sends the disciples out to continue the work and mission that was started. And it's a call that has not ended even today. It's the call of every church. It's the call of every one of us and everyone around us. And more importantly, the presence of Jesus is also what is passed down generation to generation. From the, from the risen Lord with the disciples down through every single baptism, the presence of Jesus is very much with each of us. But it did not seem so at first for Thomas. Thomas was not with this group of disciples. He wasn't there when Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit on them. 
He wasn't there to see the wounds in his hands and his sides. So Thomas still doubts. And I often think that Thomas gets a bad rap for this. I've never liked calling him Doubting Thomas. Instead, I want to call him Honest Thomas. Honest about what he can't wrap his mind around. He's honest about what he thinks will convince him. And that's not to say that doubt is a good thing, but it is a natural thing. We all have doubts. We all have moments that we don't know or understand what is actually happening. We often doubt some part of our faith. Maybe it's something small, or maybe it's a really important doctrine that we don't fully understand. But I think what's important is that we recognize that doubt. Say to yourself, say to God that you're unsure. Ask the question that you're afraid to ask. The one you think that everybody already knows the answer to. Because I assure you they don't. I was recently looking through a book uh, that I've read before by Patrick Otuma, if you've ever heard of him. He's a Catholic author from Ireland. And this book is called In the Shelter. And it's largely based on this section of John's Gospel this interaction between Jesus and the disciples and with Thomas. And in one section, he is recalling having taught young children at a religious center in Belfast. What he did was he asked the youth there to imagine, to really actually imagine if Jesus was right there with him or with them. Imagine that Jesus was with them during their week. Imagine that Jesus was walking with them, actually talking with them. What would Jesus say? What would he talk about? And he writes about a young boy in this, in this chapter and his imagined interaction with Jesus. And he says, when we were talking about meeting Jesus and engaging with him, he said, when I met Jesus, that's the young child, when I met Jesus, he knew my name. And I was thinking about this as we walked along. When you told us that we could say anything we wanted to him, I said, how do I know you are who you say you are? And so the author asks this child again, whether Jesus had responded. And the boy said, yes. He looked at me and told me the story of my life. When asked about how that felt, the boy said, nice. It was fine. But I love this story because it's this interaction. Jesus doesn't give the story of his own life, but the story of the other person's. He knows the doubts. He knows how to break through them. And he does that with each of you, with each of us. He knows all of our doubts. And he's willing to break through all of them. Thomas essentially asks the same thing. How do I know you are who you say you are? We forget that Thomas is not an unfaithful person. Thomas is actually extremely devoted. And he desperately wants to believe everything that Mary Magdalene and the other disciples are saying. Remember that earlier in John's gospel, it is Thomas who says, let us also go, 
that we may die with him. Even this, the most ardent supporter and believer, is often confronted something, confronted with something that they can't imagine. We do the same thing every Sunday. We believe in the unbelievable. We believe in something that's so amazing. And maybe Easter reminds us that the joy of Christ's resurrection doesn't completely erase fear or doubt in us. But as with the disciples, the resurrection does confront that doubt. William Temple, uh, who was once Archbishop of Canterbury, wrote about Thomas's meeting with Jesus. And he said that this moment was a release of faith which was ready if it could find an occasion to burst its inhibitions. Our belief moves us constantly from doubt. And I think that's the important thing that we don't stay in one place. We don't hold on to beliefs that keep us from God. Our faith constantly helps us grow. And that's something that we should be open to because God is ready for our faith to burst out. One time years and years ago, I had a very vivid and very real dream. I had walked into some room somewhere and I put down these really heavy bags and I started to look around and it felt so inviting. Everything was ready, everything was prepared, the window was open, the bed was made and I had this feeling of wonder. Now in my mind, that could have been my mind just telling me I needed to take a vacation. <laughs> but I think that it was more than that because I turned around and I saw a man that I could only think was Jesus. I couldn't think it was anybody else. And he said to me, you're here, let's go. And we walked out and then I woke up. So I don't know exactly how that story ended. <laughs> if only I had slept more, I would be able to tell you what happened next. But maybe this was Jesus telling me about my life. Maybe it was waking up to the reality of God's presence with me. For me, this was an encounter with Jesus, and it was one that cleared away any feeling of doubt, and it left me completely amazed. So what would seeing Jesus look like to you? What would you talk about? Maybe you can try that out this week. Tell Jesus what you doubt. Tell Jesus what you fear. And be open to the encounter that inevitably follows. Because no matter what your question is, no matter what your doubt is, Jesus welcomes us all with the same words. Peace be with you. Amen.